गुड मॉर्निंग एवरीवन वेलकम टू माय चैनल राहु एंड केतु स्टडी पार्ट 19 आई गॉट दैट नंबर राइट नाउ ओके सो पर्सनल नोट्स बिफोर वी गेट इनटू दिस द शिफ्ट अर्थ इज शिफ्टिंग आर यू फीलिंग इट थिंग्स आर शिफ्टिंग वी आर शिफ्टिंग द एंटायर एनर्जी ऑफ अर्थ फ्रॉम नॉर्दर्न हेमिसफियर टू सदर्न हेमिसफियर फ्रॉम मैस्कुलिन टू फेमिलिन गोइंग फ्रॉम इंडिया एंड टिबेट गोइंग टू लैटिन अमेरिका आई कवर्ड दिस इन आकाशिक शिफ्ट ऑफ अर्थ वीडियो इफ यू वॉन्ट टू वॉच इट सो हाउ डज दिस अफेक्ट वॉट वी डू ऑन अर्थ आई वॉन्ट टू टॉक अबाउट वन एस्पेक्ट ऑफ इट विच इज कॉल्ड एनसेस्टर्स योर एनसेस्टर्स माई एनसेस्टर्स when we say ancestors we are talking about this body that we occupy we are born in our parents grandparents great grandparents great 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 grandparents and you can keep going up the line if you trace your ancestry back to 10 20 generation up the line your greatest grandfathers grandmothers right doesn't matter where on the earth you are wherever you are think of the life they led okay they didn't have anything like even electricity forget about youtube they had tough lives they had to bear the weather the rain the brunt of the physical weather changes they didn't have air conditioning they didn't have electricity they didn't have water supply in their houses they didn't have any of this stuff so think of the amount of difficulties they lived through and think of the life lesson they learned as souls our ancestors right we, we are the great 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 grandchildren let's say 20 generations down the line we are tracing it up Why am I speaking to you about this? Because think about this. Just think about this for a minute. All their bodies, the earth material which our bodies are made up of, are dust. Now they are part of the soil, and we grow plants and fruits and everything on the same soil. So we are literally drinking from the energy of our ancestors, even physically. Our plants and fruits and everything are growing on the same soil. Especially if you take ancient countries like India. how many generations have come here and gone tens of thousands god knows how many and it's part of the soil it's part of the farming it's part their energy their bodies their whatever they left behind as their physical bodies which is dust now part of the earth right is what we are drinking and eating and sustaining from even that small little point of view if you can take it in your daily life hmm how much power you will have of your ancestors how much appreciation gratitude you will have for the tough things that they went through and this ties in very well with the next rahu ketu nakshatra that we are doing in magha magha nakshatra the 10th nakshatra starting from aries let's review what magha nakshatra is first ancestor energy it falls in leo between 0 degrees and 13.2 degrees of leo the beginning of leo ancestor energy very traditional holding on to the past family culture there are many people who love to hold on to their tradition right they must be having magha nakshatra in them they are very traditional kind of people inheritance they might even want to do archaeology they have good luck unexpected good luck this comes from the ancestors the power of your own ancestors putting their power behind you like go ahead do stuff i got my power for you i mean i will help you achieve stuff easily that's ancestral support they want power they want leadership 
and fame. They are very outspoken, brave. They want success. They are natural leaders into politics, law and history. What is politics, law and history? Everything has to do with ancestry. The past. What's behind my back is ancestry. That's politics. That's law. That's history. They are family-oriented people, very protective. They have good planners. They are quiet type nature. They don't like to make small talk. Now, if you take the unconventional guy Rahu and stick it in Magha, what happens? Rahu does very well in this because Rahu is also ambitious. Magha is ambitious, so is Rahu very ambitious. So you have a sense of over-amplified ambition. What you want to achieve in, in this world, wherever, depending upon all the other planets, etc., it will be over-amplified ambition. Rahu in Magha Nakshatra. Whereas Ketu, as we shall see further in this video, will transit between Shatabhisha and Dhanishtha. So you might say Ketu energy wants to pull in towards this Rahu. You need to pull in that wisdom that you have already learned, how to make money, how you in Dhanishtha, how to know what the other people are about from Shatabhisha and Aquarius, and now you want to bring it to this lifetime. So let's get into the studies. So number one, the classical characteristics of Rahu and Ketu as described by the classical Vedic literature. Okay, What is Rahu and Ketu? These are the north and the south nodes of the moon formed by the virtual points which are the intersection points between orbit of the moon around the earth and orbit of the earth around the sun. So basically if you take two eclipses, ellipses, it will form two intersection points. Yeah, So these Two intersection points are called the North Node and the South Node. They are virtual nodes, although they behave like planets and we shall see why in a minute. So who is Rahu? The symbols are there like a horseshoe and the reverse horseshoe. right? This is typically how it is portrayed in Western astrology. So I am using the same symbol here. Rahu is mythologically depicted as the severed head of a demon, symbolizing constant, endless, insatiable hunger and appetite, be it sensual or physical, yet it is unable to hold on to or grasp it. Rahu is the one who constantly wants something. Think of it as a live head only, not the body. Okay, So it can't hold on to anything or be satisfied even if it gets that thing, since it has no arms or body or stomach, right? just a head which is alive. This gives Rahu the title of Bhogakaraka or meaning one who is after sensory materialistic pursuits. So think any earth sign for example, they want sensory materialistic pursuits. Or think any of the signs literally, whatever they are after, Rahu wants that and wants that very badly and goes after it with everything. This is an energy in us by the way, it is not a planet, it's a virtual node, but it will behave like a planet which we shall see why. So it is unable to satisfy that hunger or hold on to anything even though it gets something. It wants to move on to the next and then to the next and then to the next. This is why Varahu is also called as the guy who wants foreign things, not of the native land or not of what the person is natively born in. Why? Because of that insatiable hunger. There is always insatiable hunger to go after one thing after the another without being able to hold on to it. That's Rahu. Ketu, on the other hand, is mythologically depicted as the severed body, the remaining half of the demon, symbolizing constant, endless, insatiable search for identity. It is looking for the head, 
but it doesn't have a head. So it is looking for that identity. Everybody's identity, ego is centered in the head, what you look like, right? It is also seeking for true purpose, sense of self. As a result of this, it tries to hold and grab on to everything that it can find its hands on because it has got hands. Ketu has got hands. It's trying to hold on to everything, but it releases immediately because it knows that's not the head. It's like trying to grasp onto everything, thinking, oh, I want this, or I am this, I am that, I am this. Not getting any identity because it's not finding the head there. Since it has arms and walks everywhere, it goes around through life, walking from place to place, people, situations, circumstances, but not knowing who or what it is. It doesn't have a head. This is why Ketu is referred to as Mokshakaraka or the seeker's path, the one energy in us which seeks something. That's why Ketu is called the Moksha Karaka. Now, this is the classical interpretation. Okay. Now, we shall see how this plays out in the modern interpretation. Very important to connect the bridges. Now, here you have the Rahu Ketu general characteristics as modern interpretation. This I have borrowed from the book Light on Life by Robert Sobala. Excellent book. I have put it in the community tab if you want to go through it or purchase it and read it. I seriously suggest that. Okay. The North Node of the Moon, Rahu. What does it become because of the characteristics which classically is told in the texts? What does Rahu lead to in the modern context? Rahu is responsible for originality, individuality, independence, insight, ingenuity, inspiration and imagination on the positive side. Because Rahu and Ketu both love to explore foreign stuff, things out of the box, things not taught by tradition, Rahu and Ketu will be anything but traditional. Okay? Think of it as something foreign to the culture, to the way you are taught things. Looking for original stuff. If there is one singular force that is responsible for creating everything that we keep modernizing, so to speak, thinking out of the box, it is this. That's why it's important to pay attention to this. Okay, back to this. So Rahu on the downside becomes leads to confusion, escapism, neurosis, psychosis, deception, addiction, vagueness, illusion and delusion. This is the downside. Now how this plays out and why we'll have to see individually in the charts. We shall see that. Okay, Ketu. Ketu, the guy with only the body, no head there, is gives us the feeling of universality, impressionability, idealism, intuition, compassion, spirituality, self-sacrifice, subtleness, on the positive side. On the downside, it can lead to eccentricity, fanaticism, explosiveness, violence, unconventionality, amorality, iconoclasm, impulsiveness and emotional tensions. This is on the downside. This is what it plays out and Rahu Ketu is typically an axis like it is shown over there. right? Rahu Ketu, let me remove myself for the time being from that axis. Okay, There you are. So you see it as an axis okay 180 degrees apart and it can play out in any one of the opposite houses it can play out in 1 7 2 8 3 9 4 10 etc etc we will see that later but this axis becomes a definition point of where in your life in your different houses are you looking for these two aspects and they are always opposite to each other as you can see okay to stand opposite to each other so if it plays out in second house it detaches itself from the 8th house. If Rahu is in 2nd house, it, Ketu will be in the 8th house. You see what I mean? 
and so you will bring the eighth house aspect with these aspects shown here second house with that aspect shown over there of course it plays out with something called as dispositors we shall see that next now if you go to a traditional vedic astrology they will go on and on endlessly about dispositors what the hell is a dispositor it's an invented term by the vedic astrologers it is no meaning of its own it shows the disposition and what's the story on this rahu and ketu both are enemies of the sun and the moon this is the basic principle so it has the solar aspect and the lunar aspect the solar aspect is called the dispositor and the lunar aspect is the nakshatra which gives the entire characteristics and the ball game of rahu and ketu okay the solar or the dispositor means since rahu and ketu are enemies with the sun and do not have a full identity of their own remember it's a virtual node it is not a planet they both do not have any planetary characteristic individually so they take on the identity or the disposition of the lord of the zodiac sign that they sit in and borrow the attributes of the house from which that lord sits in suppose mercury is in the third house okay and rahu sits in the house of mercury somewhere else so it will borrow the attributes of mercury sitting in that third house and bring it to that particular house wherever rahu is sitting in got it nakshatras since rahu and ketu are enemies with the moon and do not have a full identity of their own individually they take on the shade of personality nakshatra is essentially a shade of personality it's coloring of a personality it's seeing the world through different colored glasses that they sit in and borrow the nakshatra traits and attributes which color their propensities so rahu and ketu do two things at the same time at the solar level it goes with the dispositor that is all of the planets physical planets mercury mars venus sun moon so on so they take on the attributes of whichever house they are sitting if it sits in rahu sits in cancer it will you have to look for where moon is sitting which house and what it is doing there and even the moon nakshatra if it is sitting in leo rahu in leo that means it you have to look for where sun is sitting and which nakshatra and which house so it will bring those attributes that's the way you have to analyze this okay let's see some aspects of which house they play in and why now there are some vital aspects that you keep, need to keep in mind when evaluating rahu and ketu because this is important for, especially for people who are sort of looking for self development to understand where they are coming from if you're not interested in changing yourself this entire channel is useless for you but if the other one who is interested in knowing what is happening in my life where do i need to go what are my talents and you question these kinds of things excuse the noise somebody is drilling about so then you need to understand these aspects now that's the typical chart indian chart and house numbers are depicted as 1 2 3 4 up till 12 dharma artha kama moksha is there and i have stuck rahu ketu as possible axis on the 1 7 that is aries and libra that is the top and the bottom so either it can go to house number 1 or 7 rahu ketu can be reversed it's okay it doesn't matter or in 4 and 10 now 1 4 7 and 10 in vedic astrology are given very vital importance because they are the foundational aspects that define who you are that define how you operate in life throughout life so these become crucial why the 1 7 axis affects 
if Rahu and Ketu fall on there, has a direct effect on yourself and other concept. One in seven is self and other. How you re- relate to yourself and how you relate, look at the world around you as others, including the spouse, because seventh house is the house of the spouse, but also others. So how you develop through life and how you develop a relationship with others. So it defines who you are in a very broad sense. One seven axis of Rahu Ketu. The 410 on the other hand, 4th house being the house of the mother, 10th being father, 4th being home, 10th being career. You see, this has a, you know all kinds of implications which define who you are. The 410 axis has effects on the heart versus mind. Mind wants to, is the one who goes out there in the world and being used in the career. Right? You dissipate your energy as the mind in the external world. Heart is your home, your home center where you feel comfortable. Home is where the heart is, that kind of a thing. So heart and home is affected by this Rahu Ketu axis. Again, Rahu and Ketu might be reversed. Rahu might be in the fourth, Ketu might be in the tenth or vice versa. Same way with one and seven. But these are the vital relating aspects of Rahu and Ketu. Now what about the rest of the houses? Now rest of the houses are called Trikona or Kona in Sanskrit, right? These are the things that come and go in your life. Let it be second house, third house, fifth house, sixth, eighth, ninth, eleventh, and twelfth. These are the things that come and go in our life, through life, through your entire life. These are things that are added into, subtracted from us. But this is not us. One, four, seven, and ten is us. Everything else is secondary, which revolves around you as life comes and goes. All other axes depict what attachments and detachments we have towards different areas of our life. That's all it is. They are less significant in terms of Rahu and Ketu when compared to 1, 7, 4 and 10 axis of Rahu and Ketu. Please remember this. When you're evaluating, you just have more propensity towards one part of life and less towards others. Rahu is attachment, Ketu is detachment. Rahu is expansion, Ketu is reduction. And they stand opposite to each other all this. Right? Now let's take the cases one by one. So there you go. As usual, we begin from Pada 4 of Magha, which is that one over there. Moksha Pada of Magha, because we are taking the Rahu Ketu axis reverse, right? Anticlockwise. Because Rahu Ketu in the sky, move anticlockwise. So there you are. Leo going to Cancer. A Rahu in natal is in Leo. Dispositor is Sun. But it goes into Moon. Sun traveling to moon in Navamsha. First thing they will be looking at very, very egotistically, very wanting to achieve fame and power. But later on in life, in this Pada, Moksha Pada, they will be wanting emotional contentment, the heart, the homeland, the mother, cancer. Now, the Ketu on the other side in this particular Pada goes from Aquarius to Capricorn. Now, both are ruled by Saturn. As you can see, Aquarius ruled by Saturn and this ruled by Saturn. And it is Shatapisha. So they bring the knowledge of how to handle masses. Aquarius is about handling the masses. If you want to handle large groups of people, a country, state, nation, you need to know how the people think. Human psychology, one-on-one. Otherwise, you can't leave. You don't know what people are about. You don't know what human beings are about. You don't know what people of your land want. Right. So, Capricorn. In the beginning, they are all about masses. Later on, they will want to translate it to work. 
you're taking a step back from the 11th house to the 10th house that means you're wanting to do work daily work they want to engage themselves in this and feel the emotional satisfaction in it this is what ketu needs to bring towards that rahu in the fourth pada let's see the next one so in the third pada what are we having here let me point that out to you we have the kama pada leo going into gemini from natal to navamsha rahu is there and ketu on the other side is still in aquarius in shatabhisha and in dharma pada aquarius going into sagittarius so this is fire going into water and this is air going into fire kind of little different kind of a little challenging but we have got to take the clue of sagittarius wanting to go into gemini teacher student relationship so the teacher needs to bring the energy into a student kind of intellectual again a step down leo needs to calm down a little bit on the ego front okay even though they might be natural leaders in magha they need to take a step back and bring their intellectual power they may have the wisdom ketu is very wise here in sagittarius this positive is jupiter but that wisdom needs to come where it needs to find the head the body needs to find the head which is gemini it needs to ground it in the intellect and then they will do well in this as leaders as wise leaders that's the wisdom sagittarius right there okay let's see the second pada right so in the second pada which is over there rahu is sitting between leo and taurus from natal to navamsha and ketu on the other side is sitting in the moksha pada between aquarius and scorpio now ketu does very well in scorpio again we are talking about the taurus scorpio axis the materialism versus going internal emotional depth wanting to seek material satisfaction in the external versus wanting to seek emotional satisfaction inside this is the taurus scorpio axis to an eight right so here we are talking about sun dispositor in the rahu so first you got to check where sun is in the natal chart sun always wants popularity wherever it is sun always feels egoistic number 5 wherever it sits in and aquarius always wants to do it for the sake of muscles it's all house about house lemon eleven now scorpio and taurus become fixed signs like i said before in the other ones also when rahu and ketu fall in fixed signs they always tend to struggle and here it tends to struggle a lot because leo is fixed taurus is fixed there he is very frustrated also aquarius is fixed and scorpio is fixed again both ketu is also frustrated there rahu and ketu are movable energies they are very dynamic they want to constantly explore new territory so here it can become for these people a little tight in the skin they might want to they might become end up becoming dogmatic very fixed in nature very one track mind no no i want this i want this i want this i want like ocd you know so it's a little crazy this particular axis but with a little grounding and with a little help from other uh, planets and other nakshatras they might just make good leaders so in the first pada of maga which is shown over there leo going into aries it takes the energy from ketu in kama pada going from aquarius to libra so we are talking in the navamsha of the transit from leo to aries fire to fire and aquarius to libra air to air so this does well 
because they are not really flipping or having a complete change of the element in the personality when there is a change of element it it's kind of a little tough because they don't make a smooth transition they flip on the other side it happens all the time don't make a big deal out of this it's just that i'm pointing these things out to you so aquarius is going into libra aquarius is all about muscles and libra is all about a limited bunch of people it's just the other libra is about self and other aries libra axis right so these people have a lot of fire and have a lot of air so they're full of ideas and rahu and ketu does very well when it comes to ideas because they are liberalistic thinking ketu is very liberalist rahu is an explorer amplifier so in this kind of axis these people might become very forward thinkers in terms of leadership think rahu in magha which i spoke of earlier right rahu in magha will is want to lead this is a kind of leadership of ideas forward thinking progressive thinking critical thinking all these things these people become masters of and being in dhanishtha nakshatra ketu dhanishtha brings in this energy of knowing what is wealth what is fame what is all these things you can look at the dhanishtha themes from the past life so they know how to make money also in this so these people might become uh, leaders of corporate circles jay all of that kind of thing okay the bell rang i got to go next one we shall take care of ashlesha and by the way the first and second pada of maga is in gandanta so it's a transition point so rahu and ketu are transitioning out of their karma think of that next we shall do ashlesha take care